Hello and welcome to the show. I'm your host, Jason Knight, and on this episode we speak about product marketing and product-led growth. We answer some important questions. What makes for effective product marketing? How do you get into it? How do you succeed? And we try to answer the most controversial question of all, who should product marketing report to? We also talk about pirate metrics and why they're so important and try to persuade our guests to give us a best pirate impression. For all this and much more, please join us on One Night in Product. So my guest tonight is Abby Heeman, a product-obsessed American living in Poland, Nacho enthusiast, senior product marketing manager at GetResponse, enthusiastic supporter of Pirate Metrics, so far unwilling to do a Jack Sparrow impression, but maybe by the end of this interview. Hi, Abby. How are you doing? Hey, I'm doing great. How are you doing? I am doing wonderfully well, all things considered. Exactly. Yeah, me too. So first things first, your, your first ever trip abroad was moving to Poland. Yeah. To live which is a pretty bold move at the best of times, <laughs> but also based on your nacho addiction, is it possible to get good nachos in, in, in Gdansk? These days it is. I would say back in 2012 when I was at my height of nacho enthusiasm, it was not so easy uh, and I had to master it myself. So I would say the move definitely helped me become more proficient in the kitchen, cooking my favorite foods, but now I can have pretty much anything delivered, which is great news for my stomach, but not really for <laughs> my wallet or anything else. Uh, it's important to have the creature comforts. Yeah, I agree. So down to, down to business, yeah, you're a senior product marketing manager for GetResponse. And um, we'll get into the, the product marketing bit in a minute. But first of all, who are GetResponse and, and what problem do they solve? For sure. So GetResponse is an online marketing platform. So they are solving problems for small business owners who need to market their own product or service and also larger enterprises, uh, people working on marketing teams so they can send their email marketing campaigns. Uh, GetResponse was founded back in 98 uh, as a you know straight up email marketing provider uh, autoresponder solution, but since then has kind of grown uh, with the needs of most marketers out there who don't want to toggle between different platforms. So it's the same place where you can host webinars, where you can actually build landing pages that you drive traffic to from your email marketing campaigns, launch an automated series. So pretty much, you know, my work as a product marketer and all of the different campaigns that I would need to run to market my product, uh, GetResponse actually has the tools that I would need to launch my campaigns. Okay, so do you actually literally dog food yourself onto your own tools and use your own tools to promote your own company? Yes, every day, all day. Excellent. So you're, you're also uh, perfectly positioned to give feedback to the product team then? Exactly. Exactly. We are heavy, heavy customers uh, and constant collaborators <laughs> and uh, feedback givers to our product team. <laughs> well, that's good. Keeps you close to it. Exactly. You touched on it a little bit, but but what specifically is your role then? Uh, what are your main areas of responsibility at GetResponse? So the easiest way, and I think what people think the most about whenever they're first thinking about product marketing or what we do is for like launching products. So a new product has been developed and now we need to go to market. And that's kind of the first thing that people think about uh, and is a huge part of my job for leading the product marketing team at GetResponse is, you know, letting existing customers or potential new customers to GetResponse know about this awesome new solution or tool that we have. But so much of what goes into properly launching products is a lot of other work that falls within product marketing. 
which is really owning and actioning out uh, customer and market research because you cannot properly launch a product without knowing the customers or the landscape, the competitive landscape in which you're launching it into. So that's kind of really where so much of the foundation, the product marketing lies so that you can properly launch that product. You know, it's positioned for the right people to see it and, and buy it. And then all of the content that could go into those product launches, you know, and go ongoing customer interviews and surveys, you know, these are kind of things that all facilitate campaigns that will run that are part of your ongoing day-to-day work. Yeah, that's great. And I've, I've worked with some, some fine product marketers myself in my time. How, how's your relationship with the, with the product team there? I mean, do you work very closely with them? And, and, and how, how, I guess, how, how soon in the kind of product life cycle do you get involved with those to, to make sure that you can land that message? For sure. So I work extremely close uh, with our product development team. I've been at GetResponse for a long time, uh, I would say, <laughs> uh, over eight years, which is, which is quite a long time these days. But uh, so that obviously over time has facilitated a very close relationship and really uh, building really close bonds, which are essential, I would say, to keeping that communication open. And to speak to their second question about how early, you know, should product marketers be involved? This is, I think, a much love-hated subject (laughs) between probably both product owners, you know, managers or product marketers. Never early enough. I could say, you know, is, is probably how, how you talk about it, but, or, you know, how a lot of people feel about it. But if you do have that relationship and that trust built and that value that you provide to product owners, they would be coming to you super early with the idea, with this potential roadmap item that they have to learn from you about how you think this would sell, what customer segment would be ideal for this, what do you think customers would require uh, from the development team to deliver. So if you're actually providing the value of that knowledge and proven experience, you'll get the product, uh, I would say, pretty early, uh, much earlier than if you just position yourself internally as the person to come to to send the launch email. Because then you're (laughs) never going to get it early enough. You'll get it when they're done. It feels like probably most people that work at GetResponse should probably be able to send a launch email as well, given the, the, what the, the platform does. Exactly. There should be, yeah, most of us are end users day to day of the GetResponse end product. And that's another cool thing about GetResponse is everyone's onboarded. Every person from, you know, HR to accountancy to product owners, customer support have a full product onboarding because all of us need to use the tool. No, it's really interesting. And, and I think it's really true that you need to get people involved as soon as possible. So you're not just like punting the ball over the fence at the last minute, just to, like you say, send send the email. So you're, you're literally involved upfront at the kind of discovery phase onwards. Is that is that right? Definitely. Yes, yes. Of course, obviously, as we know, in real life, in the way the development goes, whether it's something as, you know, super small as an update release, or it's a totally new uh, landscape changing feature functionality, we really try to create a lot of frameworks to help clear those gaps. So you can tier your positioning, you can tier the, uh, excuse me, the product launches, uh, so that you can actually better know and create these very clear paths. So people know, when they're checking their little boxes for things they need to do, you're one of those boxes, if it's the right type of development. Uh, Absolutely. Now, talking of, of pirate metrics, which I know that you're that you've spoken about before. Mm -hmm. And you can do your impression now if you like. But um, for the uninitiated, what are pirate metrics in a, in a sort of product marketing context? For sure. So pirate metrics are something, you know, have obviously been around. They're just a nice way to group them together because of what it sounds like, I guess. 
It's acquisition, activation, revenue, retention, and referral. So A-A-R-R-R. Because I don't, you know, R, right? Is that the noise <laughs> a pirate makes? But that's, I think, why it's called I'm, that. I'm, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> I attempted it. <laughs> <laughs> and this is something that obviously is super important for people involved with product, but really with the success of a business, with the success in you know longevity of, of a product. Because it's the, you know, captures the entire customer life cycle and is, you know, speaks exactly to the type of metrics that you should be reporting on. And, you know, there's always this kind of ambiguity maybe between, you know, what should product marketing be reporting on, how to actually prove the value of product marketing. And because of the positioning of product marketing in most organizations between product and between marketing departments, you actually have the ability to report directly on these metrics and align all of the activities that you're doing day-to-day in your product marketing role. And that puts you right in there with the success of the business because those A-A-R-R-R speak to essential pieces of growing a successful business, uh, you know, a SaaS tool specifically as well. And do you find yourself spending like more time in certain areas of, 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 the, of the R or, <laughs> or, or do you kind of split your, your, your time fairly evenly across? You know, it kind of, it depends, I would say, on the on the landscape of the business right now, where you actually kind of are building the foundation or where maybe there's some fires that you're trying to put out. If you actually, you know, churn is something that, you know, for, for most of us in SaaS is an obviously huge factor we have to consider. It's great if you've got amazing acquisition, but if they're just falling out of the bottom of your funnel, it's, you know, basically, obviously useless. So, you know, if, if you try to see some spikes, obviously, if you start to see, oh, we have, you know, rising churn the past month, you have to go research what's going on, you know, and see if you can enact any tests or hypotheses to kind of help counteract that. But it also depends on, the, I guess, you know, obviously the stage, the life cycle that your own business is in, the maturity of the business, right? If, if you're just a super scrappy startup <laughs> or if you're a little bit more mature and you, you know, you have some channels actually quite running quite smoothly and performing well, and you can actually start running some experiments on other aspects of it. So to answer the question, not exactly right now, I can speak to GetResponse. We're really uh, getting to spend this first quarter uh, really honing in our activation. Okay. Uh, so activating users to GetResponse. So we've acquired them and now we want to increase our activation rates. And are you quite data-led with, with regards to that? Like, do you kind of run dashboards and, and start looking at when certain numbers are falling out of bounds that you've agreed or, or is it much more subjective and qualitative than that? Yeah, we definitely, we have, thankfully we have quite a mature team, I would say, across product and marketing, you know, a really, really cool uh, data analyst team as well to help us visualize and not spend a lot of time digging out this data, but rather building out some funnels with the metrics that we that we have determined for each R, basically. Uh, and then we can actually see some trends and uh, see the opportunities and threats that we have. So it, it's, it's quite plain for us to see. And that's been a, a huge improvement, I would say, uh, for us over the last year or so. We've, we've had a lot of amazing analysts join the team, or a few, I would say. Uh, so not spending a lot of time digging this data out and making these assumptions, but rather plainly able to see where these opportunities lie. And do you have like a big red siren or something that goes <laughs> off when, when, when numbers go too bad? Well, you know, think, you know, it used to be when we were all in the office together, uh, we did have uh, cool big screens up basically that helped us see, um, keep a, an eye on sales and eye on revenue, see how we were doing, you know, day over day, week over week, pretty much. 
But now we have, you know, systems in place and reports in place where we monitor things like churn or how our retention rates are looking. So these are things that are monitored on a regular basis that have actual owners uh, who can bring attention to applicable stakeholders when necessary. Very cool. Yeah. Now you moved to Poland around eight years ago, give or take, for uh, to work for GetResponse. Mm-hmm. But you didn't start out in in marketing or product marketing. You started out in customer support, customer success, community management. Mm-hmm. So you've obviously got quite a varied portfolio within the company. Uh, but how did you move from those original roles into sort of product marketing and uh, and what made you make that move? Yeah, it's a great question. And I think customer support or customer success is a really amazing entry point uh, these days into product marketing. I think it uh, really arms you with, I think, what you know is necessary for success in product marketing, which is a supreme knowledge of the product and a su- supreme knowledge uh, of your customers. So uh, customer support and success is an amazing entry point. And that's pretty naturally how it started for me. I had lots of ideas about the product. Customer success uh, representatives who have day-to-day supreme access to your customers are so creative with the product and they have so many solutions that they come up with that I think the people who build the product never even have the opportunity to explore. Uh, So that creates so many more ideas. And so that was, for me, I started seeing more needs of customers. Um, I started seeing more opportunities. And so I was able to kind of just uh, escalate that bring that to the attention of management. And then this was quite a while ago, really, I would say more like five, six years ago, I was able to kind of pivot from customer success into product marketing. And it was relatively new back then, I would say product marketing, I didn't know much about it. Back then, I didn't see many job roles, for example, for product marketing back then as I do now. But it kind of naturally became a position for me in the company because of the very natural organization, I would say, of customer success, knowledge, product knowledge, and then ideas for growth. But did you have any marketing background from before or did you have to kind of learn on the job? Yeah, I had an MBA. But so you can pretty much say that you've got, you know, this, this like foundational knowledge from school. But I, I really do have to admit, there's just obviously nothing that comes from hands-on experience and actually doing the work. So of course, I had some foundation, some some knowledge there of some, you know, some best practices and, you know, some terminology, but I would really say being in there and seeing other people work, having mentors in the company is really what led to that, to that pivot. And did you find any kind of books or courses or anything like that, that were really foundational for your, for your journey in, aside from obviously the on on the job training, did, did, did you use any resources that you would recommend to other people trying to make the switch? What I would say nowadays, and I recommend it, I recommended it back, uh, you know, I think when you and I first uh, encountered each other was this April Dunford, because that's yeah. what I think if you can master those, uh, obviously awesome. So a book all about uh, positioning products. I think if someone could get to that early, way earlier than I did, I, you know, I've only really been exploring deeper into that and looking to, to master that as much as I can the last, let's say, year and a half or so. If I could have had that knowledge back then and all of my de- everyday customer support, you know, access to customers, who knows where I could be, you know, <laughs> uh, now, but, 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 but seriously, I think mastering those concepts, but still having the work every day with your product and with your customers and you don't, you're not kind of bogged down by some of the other, maybe, you know, management things that you have to do or other day-to-day tasks. I would obviously recommend these thinking about positioning, thinking about, 
you know, how you're going to be different from your competitors or from your alternatives and keeping that at the forefront of your mind before you start building a bunch of frameworks or paths that don't speak to that. So I've read obviously awesome. I think it's a fantastic book, and and um, I think also April Dunford's always really good value in her in her talks and and sort of webinars that she's done as well. So definitely recommend and recommend that to anyone. Another thing that I've seen in kind of product marketing circles and and uh, so in in past and and stories that I've heard is is that because not all companies necessarily even really understand what product marketing really means, and perhaps just think they should have a product marketing person, but they don't really know what to do with that person, that that person kind of gets dragged into just traditional marketing mm-hmm. and, and sort, of, sort of, which is, you know, still in itself a valuable role, but very different. So sort of lead gen and mm-hmm. conferences and outreach mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Do, do, do you, or have you been dragged into that as part of your role? Or do you feel that product marketing is is, is distinct enough within your organization that you've been able to concentrate on it, on it properly? I would say now, as I mentioned, with the really mature marketing team uh, and product teams as well, I am able to enjoy uh, this distinct responsibilities and really make sure that I, my activities and my team's activities are speaking to these most important metrics for the business and where for each quarter we have actually um, roadmapped out our key initiatives and key goals for that quarter. So it's able to be, you know, I'm able to to enjoy that specificity in my work. But again, early days, things are a lot more hectic. Maybe people obviously in, in startups that, that have two-man armies or whatever uh, to actually get these things done. Of course, you're going to be doing a bit more. But that's why I think if you stick to these, let's say, pirate metrics and tie yourself specifically to the money of your business, the <laughs> new money you're getting and the recurring money that you keep, and how do you make sure that if someone asks you to create a sales deck or they ask you to create a one pager, cool, but walk it back a little bit before you just be the yes man, you know, and do whatever someone asks you. Cause obviously you want to be super collaborative and available for assistance, but walk it back a little bit before you say yes. And how is this going to speak to this particular metric? I have this on my agenda for the day or for the week or for the month or for the quarter. Is this one specific customer you're trying to land asking for this? And if they have the potential to bring enough to the pipeline, maybe it is worth it, but maybe it's not. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's that that, that typical typical kind of battle between like what's right in front of you and and the big Mm -hmm. picture. Uh, And I think it's absolutely fair enough and something that I've struggled with in the past is, you know, everyone wants to be helpful, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, like what you said it's always you there's always that just little thing that you can do to help but the problem is that, that sometimes that that starts to take over and then you're unable to make a real meaningful difference in your day job which seems unpleasant definitely and i'm totally guilty of that i have said yes to way too many too many things it was a waste of time it was the noisiest what is that phrase i can't remember uh, you know the person who makes the most noise or whatever gets the most attention the most help Sometimes I've just been super guilty of saying, yes, whatever I can do to help. I am here, product marketer, to do anything that any person asks me to do. And of course, I never want to be a source of no uh, or negativity in my organization and wouldn't say that I have been. But if you're able to walk it back or maybe reframe the request in a way that actually does actually help solve a bit of their need, but actually speaks to a wider need of the organization, then that's a, I would say that's a win-win. Absolutely. Absolutely. So we first met after you spoke at an event 
for product-led growth hub, the snappily titled Evolving mm-hmm. Role of the Product Marketer in the Product-Led Era. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and now you're one of their uh, featured speakers at the Product-Led Growth Hub. And product-led growth is in itself kind of a bit of a buzzword these days. There's a bunch of books come out about it. It's all over the it's all over the internet and the blogosphere, and mm-hmm. uh, if that's still a thing. And um, so, obviously, you're quite keen on on product-led growth as a as a concept. But what but what does product-led growth mean for you? For me, it means what I do, anyways. <laughs> it's like the way I work. <laughs> that's, that's really handy, then. So <laughs> exactly. So I was like, okay, this is a totally totally natural collaboration because. It, it's combining, it's using the product to sell itself, basically, which is the ultimate goal of a product marketer, right? It's not, you know, it's not super heavy on the brand selling the product, right? Like people buying because it's the brand, but it's people buying the product for what it can do for them for the problem that it solves. So this is very natural for me and not something that necessarily, as you said, had a name, but this is how I thought of my work, what product marketing was doing basically was product-led growth. But now it's it's great that it has a name and it's a unifier. I would say it helps organizations unify. But do you have salespeople at, uh, at the company as well, or is it all entirely product-led? We do. We do because uh, we have a based on uh, our pricing availability of the product that we do have a higher tier, higher touch uh, solution. Uh, so I'm so far, uh, the way we've been organized internally is uh, my product marketing team has only been for the, as we call, SMB or lower touch sales. So completely product-led with a free trial, you know, no sales, sales touch, I would say, uh, with, with the initiatives I've been running. But we do and will be expanding uh, the product marketing as well for our higher touch sales. Nice. Uh, and how did you get involved with the product-led growth hub in the first place? LinkedIn, I think. I can't remember <laughs> how this Despina and I met. I think actually she had a bit of uh, the founder of uh, the PLG hub I uh, had some experience as well with GetResponse and had been to a few webinars and things like that that we posted. And then the great connector again, LinkedIn, is <laughs> such a good way to be able to, you know, expand your network and, and, and meet people who are doing, uh, doing cool things that you like. Yeah. And I, I think uh, certainly in, in lockdown times as well, it's, it's definitely been the, the, the only way to network. Exactly. Uh, no events to go to. That was, you know, where most of us, I would say, uh, like-minded folks would find each other uh, at these events. And now it's virtual events and, you know, LinkedIn and people are interacting with people as well that you see. Are you going to be doing some more events or talks for, for product-led growth? Is it like a, a recurring thing or, or was it kind of a one and done and, and, and then you're just there for posterity? <laughs> uh, I think we're in talks actually with them, uh, with, with someone else on, on the GetResponse team to hopefully solidify uh, a longer term a content partnership because we have a lot of things in common, I would say. So there's nothing on the calendar just yet, but uh, I'm sure there will be. We'll keep our eyes peeled. <laughs> yeah. So as part of that talk, you spoke about the new category or the newly named category of customer-led growth versus product-led growth. Now, is that actually a new category or is it just a different reframing of the, of the same kind of growth, do you think? I would say it's, for me, again, as a product marketer, it feels the same. But I, I get the arguments on either side, but I'm, I'm not kind of this person who needs these categories necessarily, if I'm focusing on my pirate metrics, basically, if I'm focusing on the success of the business and the solutions that this product are solving for customers, I don't mind any acronym (laughs) that comes along. (laughs) I will happily adapt it. I'm a very flexible person. 
Uh, so if if the organization wants to adapt one over the other, that's cool as long as I'm able to still do what product marketers do, which is help make sure that the product uh, is speaking to the right group of customers, solving their needs, and they're staying with us. So it sounds like obviously Get Response is a really product-led company already, or at least a part of it that, that you're working for. And obviously you're in a really privileged position, as as you've kind of touched upon, uh, because you don't have to fight for that. Mm-hmm. But but not all companies are. Now there are obviously questions around whether all types of company and all types of product can be. But but how would you recommend a company try to become more product-led if they're not already? For sure. And and that's why kind of during during that talk where we first uh, encountered each other, I would definitely say a product marketer is in a great place to help achieve that. If an organization, if somebody comes to you from a higher up, like, hey, we're supposed to be product led, what do we do? A product marketer could be the first to shoot their hand up and facilitate that. And I would say it would be interviewing your customers. If you're the person in the company who doesn't just have anecdotal, let's say, evidence of the needs of your customers, but you have well-documented, actionable feedback on a regular basis from your customers, this is the best place to start. Whether you're going to be customer-led or product-led, it's the same. You would start from the same place, which is, the, which is starting with your customers and then starting to actually organize your findings into actionable feedback that is relevant for each of your, uh, you know, the company leadership. So if you've got a sales arm, if you have, you know, the product arm, let's say, you know, your CEO You've got the finance arm as well. If you can actually frame the proposals and the needs of the of the customers and the opportunities that you have to solve those needs for your, the customers within your product, and you start framing your arguments that are relevant for each leadership arm, it's a great way to start being relevant. And then, of course, you have to think about if you're going product-led, how can you actually get your product into the hands of these potential customers, whether you have to figure out how to make a version free or freemium or some demo version that's available, but you have, if you're going to really truly be product led, you have to find a way to get your product into the hands of these prospects. There's a lot of work to do. This was like the biggest, I think, you know, I've got like eight check marks of like what to do to start. And each of those check marks (laughs) can be broken down into 10 more, I would say. But in my opinion, it's totally doable, not by yourself, not by anyone, but if you arm yourself with customer needs, the, the success and potential of your product, and then you start framing benefits and figuring out how to make the product available to people without having to get a demo from a salesperson. You have to start there. And do you think there are any challenges of being product-led that that kind of, I mean, I know that you, for example, you've spoken about inter-team communication specifically and sort of roadblocks between teams and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Do you, do you feel that those are common challenges that are just inherent? And, and, and are there any ways that you can kind of smooth that over? Yeah, it's certainly not easy. It's, as we know, it's a buzzword and it's really popular and it's incredibly super crowded uh, industry spaces. It's easier than ever for new companies, new competitors to pop up. People can hire agencies. Now we can see that people can more easily hire remote workers. They can hire the best of the best from all over the world, cheaper uh, you know, access to labor, to super talented labor. So it's definitely not easy. You're not going to get to enjoy some you know, months or years of being the only person doing what you're doing. It's, it's not possible. But I would just say really focusing on the value that your product delivers and how it's unique. And because why would you be developing a product or trying to sell a product that is exactly the same as someone else? Nobody's doing that. They're not, you know, (laughs) totally, 
you know, not for long anyway. Yeah, goofy, exactly. Setting out to do something exactly the same as someone else is doing. There's always that spin on it. And so, if as a product marketer, someone who's actually helping to lead this initiative keeps everyone completely focused on how to exploit that uniqueness and how to find the people who are most likely to benefit from that uniqueness, then that's like how to be the steady North Star for your organization is people will be tempted to start, you know, going outside of that. But if that's the focus, that's the only way you get new customers if everyone's aligned on that goal. But yeah, it's not easy. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to try and stoke some controversy now. Where do you feel that product marketing should fit within an organization? Should it report through the the product line up to, say, the CPO or the VP of product? Or should it go through marketing to the CMO or the VP of marketing? Or, or should it go somewhere else? You know, I, I love the way we do it at GetResponse. I officially report to the CMO who reports to the COO. But because of their amazing alignment between the COO and the CMO, and the COO is leading product as well, I trust their relationship and their alignment and their strategic vision enough that I'm completely fine officially reporting to the CMO, even though I work extremely close with product, even though I'm not reporting directly to the head of product, uh, because I trust that relationship so much and the vision there that I have no problem. So I'm, I love it. I'm happy where I sit because I know where I sit, you know, virtually or physically or whatever doesn't stop me from creating those relationships in my organization and building those bonds with people in product, even though I don't technically report to their boss. We all report to the success of this company and to, you know, at the end of the day, how are we doing? How many customers do we have net each month? What's our ARPA looking like? As long And as, if we have the same, some of the same metrics that we're reporting on, that also does help overall to make sure that we do have some of these similar uh, metrics to report on for different areas of product and marketing uh, to make sure we're on the same page. So I'm, it's kind of like the acronyms. I don't really care <laughs> where, as long as I can do what I need to do. Yeah. Yeah. I guess it's only really problematic if, if you've got kind of lack of alignment yeah. or maybe, or maybe like a, for example, if you reported to the CMO and the CMO knew yeah. nothing about products, exactly. then they may well start trying to force you to make bad decisions. Now, we can all obviously argue about the fact that that in itself is a terrible way to work and that teams should be empowered and that Mm -hmm. that people shouldn't be like trying to micromanage you anyway. But I guess, yeah, having that top-to-bottom alignment seems to be the most critical thing. And then you could probably report to pretty much anyone, I guess. Exactly, exactly. So that's another another lecture I do have, you know, with with the mature team, with really, really strategic, aligned uh, leadership. But I know for many people, it's not that easy. And you, you would be reporting to someone who is reporting to you know totally different goal for the company. But really, everyone should have the same goal, which is the growth and success of this company. So hopefully that eventually brings everyone together. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, what, what would you want to do if you weren't in product marketing? What, what, what's your, what, what, would your, what would your fallback position be? I think live in the country and <laughs> tend to my chickens and <laughs> 25 dogs or something <laughs> like all or nothing <laughs> oh wow so you, you it's not like just a slightly different job in the in the same space it's like you you're, you're either product marketing or or, or full-on uh, country countryside dweller on a farm <laughs> exactly maybe you're just catching me now uh, at a specific uh, <laughs> time where i'd like to get away from the computer for a minute and go outside and walk yeah. around with, with with chickens and animals but no but really 
I love people. I love people development. I love team building. So uh, probably something uh, along the lines of maybe some type of facilitator or kind of like team building or management training, because I really feel my best when I'm with people and helping clear roadblocks for them. I'm helping them meet their goals, um, which is which is a cool part, though, that so much of product marketing does actually deliver for me. So uh, I'm quite happy. Sounds fair. Well, you can always try and network with the chickens and the pigs. And stuff <laughs> exactly. And Get them organized it. for some some <laughs> overall goal that they need to reach so I can try there that someday. <laughs> we need to find some kind of acronym that will, will work for them as well. <laughs> exactly. I'll have to brainstorm. There we go. We, 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 we'll, we'll be in touch. Okay, cool. And and any any advice for kind of up-and-coming product marketing people, anyone that maybe wants to transition from marketing into product marketing or anyone that wants to transition maybe like you did from kind of customer support, customer success, anything you'd advise them to, to kind of get them going? I would say just practice extreme ownership. You know, don't own too much. Don't step on toes. But if somebody comes up with an idea, somebody needs somebody to take something and run, run with it. You have a good idea. Take, be the person who always takes the next step. Be the person who's always seen as taking the action, following through with something booking the meetings, sending out the recaps, setting up the meeting agendas. If you're seen as that person who makes things happen, gets things done, uh, is super productive, you know, building bridges, that will take, that will really take you really far. And that's true for almost any role, I would say, really, you know, if you are seen as somebody who gets things done, that helps no matter what in, you know, position you're in. But specifically for product marketing, since so much of what we need to do is facilitate collaboration between other teams and bring these disparate departments together that if you're able to do that well and you do that naturally you'll see a lot of success and then you just build that into your specific projects that you're working on whether it's activating new users of your free trial product or if it's trying to implement a referral program uh, you'll be able to get the details down but if you have those core aspects coming to you naturally or you're actively working to make that a natural part of your work you'll see a lot of success Excellent. Uh, hopefully that'll be uh, useful input for the next generation that are going <laughs> to come and, and set up the product marketing for the cool. for the next part of, of GetResponse. Cool. So where can people find you uh, if they want to continue talking about product marketing or, or anything related? I'd say it's totally best on LinkedIn. Uh, I am, you know, sadly very inactive on other channels. Uh, <laughs> it's not enough between Managing get response Slack conversations and then <laughs> a little bit on LinkedIn, I'd say I'm pretty much spent. But yeah, there's a lot of really cool organizations, um, a lot of cool product marketing leaders and uh, influencers, for lack of a better word, basically, on LinkedIn. And the Product Marketing Alliance is also something I would highly recommend as an organization and an amazing hub uh, to go for for all things content marketing, no matter if you're kind of just starting out entry level uh, into product marketing or if you're more mature. Uh, in your career there the product marketing alliance i uh, would highly recommend excellent i'll uh, i'll post the links cool well that's been a fantastic chat and uh, obviously always really keen to 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 get more input from the, the marketing side because i think it's so critical for well, obviously for product led growth but just just in general to kind of get those perspectives so yeah thanks very much for coming on uh, let's keep in touch and and yeah thanks very much definitely thanks for having me thanks for listening Please share with your friends and shipmates, subscribe or like the show on your podcast app of choice. I'll be back soon with another episode, but in the meantime, feel free to go on a treasure hunt for more great episodes. But for now, I'm sailing off into the night. <laughs>